You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about strategies on selecting the right players for your team. I mean, coaches, you know this. It, it just takes one player to be a poison on your team, to create a little chaos, to create issues that now you have to deal with. And sometimes you regret taking that player on your team. Well, we're going to talk about some strategies today to help you make the right decision on uh, what you can do to make, make that right decision for the players that you select for your team. So this is an episode you definitely don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 184 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Merry Christmas, happy holidays to all my Volleyball by Design listeners. Wow, December 25th, unbelievable. And if you are listening to this on December 25th, uh, one, good for you, and two, uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Um, I hope you get a chance to uh, enjoy today with your family, friends, um, you know, whoever, whoever you want to share it with. Uh, and I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, I really hope today is a day that can bring joy into your lives. And yeah, I'm dropping an episode on Christmas Day. I, got, I, I, I try to do my best to make sure I deliver an episode every Monday. Um, so you, you guys know that. And to my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the podcast. And to my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Where the goal of every episode is to deliver valuable step-by-step strategies that can take your coaching to the next level that you can apply to your team in your gym right away and see results. And that's what we're trying to hope to, you know, to do today. So yeah, my, um, you know what? People were like, what are you, how are you dropping an episode on, on Christmas Day? You got to be with your family. Well, two things. One, I recorded this episode uh, before Christmas. Um, so I know it's going to be launched on Christmas. So I'm saying Merry Christmas to everyone. And you know what? The truth is, and this might sound kind of corny, but like all of my volleyball by design listeners are, 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 I like to consider them part of my volleyball family, if you think about it, especially the listeners that listen to me every Monday. Like I'm in your ear every Monday for 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes longer. Like we're, we, we've kind of built a connection in, in a weird way. I know because some of you have never met me or have never seen me in person, but nevertheless, like we still have a little bit of a connection. I feel like I'm sure you feel you, you kind of know me by now, uh, based on like, you know, what, what I talk about on the podcast and my family and things like that. So I, I, I think I consider you guys, you know, family and it's, it's a volleyball family, but nevertheless, it's still family. So I get a chance to come on here and wish you a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays on Christmas day. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know about you, but I, 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 uh, I genuinely enjoy that. Um, and when this episode does get dropped, uh, I will be in Florida with the family. Yeah, we're going to Florida this um, this holiday break. Uh, really excited about that. Um, if you guys have been listening to me for a while, you know you know Florida is one of my favorite places to go. I mean, yes, the weather is great because you know I live in Toronto, so right now it's negative two degrees Celsius outside, and I'm going to be going to a warmer place. But um, yeah, my family loves Florida. My my we're a big Disney family. My wife 
absolutely love the Disney and my kids do too. So, you know, we'll try to check out, check out the parks and, you know, do the whole, the whole Disney thing. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's that. And then I decided, um, oh, actually one, one more announcement. Uh, so January, I have the dates set January 5th, 6th and 7th. Okay. So put it on your calendar. We're going to be doing a free workshop. It's going to be my free workshop of 2024, my first free workshop of 2024. And the, um, the focus of the theme of that workshop is going to be on efficiency. Uh, and we're going to cover specific areas of efficiency. So we're going to talk about player development. So I'm going to share with you really cool strategies uh, on how you can develop players faster and more intentional. Um, we're going to talk about practices, how can we make your practices more efficient, you know, what are some strategies that we do in our gym, and I think that you're, you're going to enjoy those. And then seasonal planning, you know, big, big, big part of, uh, of our job is, is seasonal planning, you know, so we got to really dial into understanding how to seasonal plan and things like that. So that's, that's um, those are my, my, my few ones that I'll be doing, or those, that, that'll be discussed on the workshop, and um, it's a great workshop. I've ran this workshop in the past, and a ton of people always end up coming and getting a ton of results from it, and I've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. So yeah, hey, so let's let's start your New Year's off, or let's start your, your 2024 off on a high note, you know, come get some get some free training and engage in conversation with, with other coaches, and you know, take your take your coaching to, to another level, you know, I hope I hope I can help you do that. So let's talk about what we're here today to talk about, and that is you know, selecting the right players. Now, this episode isn't going to be more of an evaluation process. Like, okay, let me rephrase that. This episode is not going to be on how to conduct tryouts. All right, uh, I did. I've done episodes in the past. Just find, go on Spotify. You can search up tryouts, and you'll see the episodes that I've uh, dropped on tryouts. This isn't going to be um, an episode where I, I I walk you through what you should be looking at in terms of athletes, in terms of skill. This is going to be a conversation that is not normally talked about, but is needed to be talked about because yeah, many of you know how to assess skills. Like you, you can tell if a, if a player is going to make your team or not based on skill. You don't really need me to help you with that. I mean, I can if you want, but I, I'm pretty sure many of you are able to identify whether or not this player can make your team or not. So that's what, that's not what this episode's about. This episode's about strategies that I think we, we, we tend to not talk about and these are things that I've now I've done and I've continued to like develop it even more and more to select the right players because you know it's if you have a team of 12 players and one player is not pulling their weight or is negative or is creating issues on your team it just takes away from your team uh, in general, and it becomes a problem that you have to deal with, and it's just, it's unfortunate, it sucks, and that can derail a team's success, that one player can derail a team's success, and I have seen it over and over again, and I've been the victim of my, of not taking my own advice, it's crazy, you know, you know what to do, you know how to do it, and even the coaching staff will, will look at us and say, what we tell coaches to do, we didn't do, and um and it's unfortunate but it, it doesn't happen very often but it does you know we're all human we make mistakes so that's what it is so let's talk about this so the first thing that you need to do uh when it comes to selecting the right players on your team is you need to define what your team identity and culture is you gotta start from the beginning because any player that you select has to fit that culture okay the culture does not fit the player 
the player has to fit the culture. And if the player doesn't fit the culture at the beginning, and you think that you're going to change this player to fit your culture, you got another thing coming. There's a good chance, there's like a 99% chance that you're not. that's not going to happen. And this is one of the most common mistakes I see coaches make all the time, is they see a player who has the skill level to be on their team, and even potentially a starter. And because they could be a starter on your team, or they could be an impact player on your team, you're blinded and you don't look deeper into the character of the athlete. And frankly, you might not even care at that point because you know how good this player is. And I was just like that when I was a younger coach. I didn't even think about character. I just said, wow, this player is really good. They can make our team. Let's make let's let's make him an offer. You know? So we want to make sure that we factor in the identity and the culture of the team. And you also want to ask yourself, what roles do you need to fill on your team? Now, this is more, you know, volleyball specific, but do you need a setter? Do you need a left side, a libero? Like, what What do you actually, like, what roles do you actually need? So, you know, something to think about. Um, and let's talk about some of the most, some of the basic things that we look for. Okay, so there's there's this thing called a four-corner development model. Okay, it's, um, I don't know who developed this model, actually. It's something I've been using for a while, but... So it's called a four-corner development model. And so think of a square. And in each quadrant of the square, we have four, we have we have things. So we have technical and tactical. Okay, so this is more skill-based. This is this is your skill-based volleyball stuff. So technical and tactical. Then the second area of the square, second quadrant, you have social and emotional. Okay. Third quadrant of the square is you have physical. So they're their spike touch, you know, their their vertical jump, etc. And then the last quadrant is uh, psychological uh, or, or mental. Okay, psychological or mental. And this is what we look at when we comes to selecting players. So yes, you know the basic. Hey, we're we're looking at skills. Of course, we're looking at skills. It's still the number one thing we look at. But then you got to look at so uh, social and emotional. Like look look at their demeanor on the court. You know. Look at how they're interacting with the players. Um, this is a, a great test of character. Physical, we just talked about. And then psychological and mental. What happens when they make a mistake? What happens when they get uh, served off the court? Or, or what happens when they miss a serve? What happens if they make a serve-receive error? What happens when they hit out? You know, these are things we want to take a look at. So we really want to assess all four of these things. Because you could be the best player in the world, but if your character is extremely poor and you're not a team player, you don't, unfortunately for you, you're never going to make our team. Okay? Some other things I add to this model are self discipline. Like, are they self disciplined? Now, this is not something you can really gauge in a practice per se, but this is something you can talk to former coaches about. Um, this is something, you, and again, if, if they're leaving a team to come to you, then you might not want to talk to a former coach. But this is something you can talk to anyone that is maybe a high school coach or something different. Or like if you're if you're if you're a club, you can do the high school coach. If you're high school, you can do the club coach. You know, depending on things like that. <clears throat> so, you know, self discipline and just maybe seeing it too. You, you could probably see it in a, in, a, in a tryout too. Like how how disciplined are they at doing the, the fundamentals? How disciplined are they at when you blow the whistle? They're they're coming in really quickly. They're not wasting valuable time. They're they're you know they're they're disciplined in that nature. They listen. They want to learn. So things like that. So you want to make sure that you give them uh, that you you're looking at an entirely you know a whole a whole 
spurt of things. Um, okay, so we have four corner model. We have the technical, tactical, social, emotional, physical, psychological, mental. We have the self-discipline. Okay, we have understanding what roles you need to fill on your team. And then we have the team culture and team identity. Okay, so now you, you, you have, you're going through your tryouts, you're going through your tryout phase. And, and I guess I'll speak to two different types of coaches, coaches that are recruiting and coaches that are getting uh, players are trying out for. Okay, so let's talk about tryouts, for example. Now, with tryouts, you want to make sure that you're assessing technical stuff. So serve pass, making sure they're getting a ton of that so you can see the fundamentals of the player. So that's your tactical and technical. Now, your physical, you want to make sure you're, you're testing some, some kind of physical. I, I always have the, like the vertical jump uh, tandem sports tester, and I want to see how high they can touch. You know, really simple, and I can do the math from there in terms of vertical jump, but I want to see how high they can touch. And then um, the, the, the psychological, mental, and, and social, and emotional, uh, you really want to like really assess as coaches. Like don't, a lot of coaches don't assess this. They just assess the technical and physical and they forget about the rest of it. Look and be intentional. What happens when they make a mistake? What do they do? What happens when um, a teammate makes a mistake? What happens if they're a left side and they don't get set? perfect or they don't get sell set well a couple balls in a row you know look at their body language Ooh, add that in here body language body language is non-negotiable in our gym super important that's one of our team culture that's our team identity is there's no bad body language on our team or you will not touch the floor in fact if you have bad body language during a practice i ask you to leave in a not not in that nice of a way but i ask you to leave so body language is really important. Like all the things that go into the mental and social and emotional part of the game, we we put a lot of like pride and we we have to assess that. It's not it's not just something that goes kind of you know under the rug. Okay. Now the next thing I, I I'm probably jumping the gun to the end here, but interviews. Make sure that you, actually before we go to interviews. Okay, this is that's that's if you're assessing tryouts. When you are recruiting and a player sends you recruiting video, okay, make, you're obviously going to watch the player and watch their technical and tactical. You're going to watch their decision making. You're going to watch them how competitive and stuff like that. You're also going to watch them, you know, watch them in games and you're going to assess the same thing that you assess at a tryout. And then also like look and see how, like how they're warming up, you know? Like if they have film on the whole game, you can see how they're warming up. If they're on the bench during a timeout, see if they're engaged if they're not in the game at a certain moment and they're on the bench see what they're doing like see how other players react to this player because if other players are afraid or don't really want to give them a high five like that could be a red flag you want to be very careful with that so you want to look to see how the other players are you know treating that, that player and, and, and reacting to that player and that that's a good test of character if the other players respect that player and they're you know, engaged with that player, then that's a good sign for you. If they're not engaged with that player, you know, that's something you might want to be, be careful with, okay? And we did say interviews. I did say make sure you have an interview with every single player you're about to take on your team. And it's a must, especially if they're a new player. Well, everyone regardless, but, you know, new players, you want to see where their head's at. And you want to be, you want to give them, ask them specific questions, and see how they're, you're, and you're, you're not just assessing their answers, but you're assessing how they're answering it, the time needed to answer. So let me give you a question. Let me give you an example. So a question we always ask is, 
on a scale of one to 10, how badly do you want to be on this team? And I wait and I see how fast they answered. And then I obviously want to hear what their answer is. And this is such an important point for me because here's a couple things. One, if they don't say 10 or higher, they're cut right off the bat. Like that anyone that is not fully committed to wanting to play for your team, I, I don't have time to deal with those players. Now I know in certain in the in the club scene, players are trying out to different teams. They want to see obviously what's the best fit for them. They want to see if they get along with the coaches and things like that. And I understand that. And I really do, and I and I and I respect that to a certain extent. But I'll tell you something. If I have two players that are at the same caliber and one gives me a nine out of ten and one gives me a ten out of ten, where am I going? Even if I have a player where one is a little bit better than the, than another player, but the little bit better says nine and the one that's not as good says ten, I'm going with the player that said ten out of ten. Like easily. That's not even a question. Because that shows commitment. That tells me that this player wants to play on this team. I don't have to beg them. I don't have to sell them. They want to play on this team. And that player is going to, because they want it, their intention is going to be different on this team. Their behavior, their focus, their goals, all that is so much better. So factor that in. And, and another thing we, we look at is how fast did they answer? If they had to think about it and then say 10 or 11 or whatever, I mean, that's also a flag. Why, why do you have to think about, on a scale of 1 to 10, how badly do you want to be on this team? Like that, isn't that, that, That's absurd to me. And, the, and, you all, and again, this is, that was one of my main questions that I asked, but you've got to factor in questions and factor in questions that are relevant to your team. You know, Like for example, if I'm looking for a backup setter, I have the honest conversation. I'm like, hey, how would you feel right now if you came to this team and you are our secondary setter and you probably don't touch the court a lot in the first half of the season because right now you have to prove yourself because we have a starting setter. And if they're not comfortable with that, you know, that this might not be the right fit for them, but at least you're giving them the scenario, you're being honest with them, and then they have the choice, and then they, they can give you an answer. And if they say, I don't, I, you know what, that's fine, I respect that. If they say that, you know what, I have to earn my spot, if that's your decision, coach, I will do whatever I have to earn my, like that, we, we're looking for that, those character players, like the selfless players who are, who are thinking about the team first more than them. You know, and that's what you want. So you really want to ask these questions. You know, what if, you know, ask a question of what if, um, you know, I went with a different lineup tonight and you didn't get to play against this 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 team or whatever. Again, if you listen to their answer, I'll do whatever I can to support my team on the bench. And if I get the opportunity to play, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embrace it. And I can't wait to get on the court and play. Like I'm looking for team answers. You know, I'm looking for team answers. Like all that stuff is is, is important. And again, you frame it. You ask specific questions that is beneficial for your team, and if and if it is, then great. And that way, you get the, the data you're going to get is, is much more accurate. Okay. So a couple other things you can do, um, and I, I briefly mentioned this before, is reach out to former coaches, former uh, people that worked with that your the athlete you're thinking about, and seeing what they had to say. We we were going to take an athlete on our team. I won't I won't say when and how, but. There, there came a point where we were going to take an athlete on our team, and I phoned the coach, and this player was a, this player probably would have been a starter on our team right now, by the way, and this the coach said it, it was the, the player was one of the most uncoachable players he's ever coached in his life, and the player caused problems all the time, and right after that I said okay, so instead of and here's what I did, instead of not instead of saying no right away, 
Okay, I, I just I didn't flat out saying no. I said instead of just signing the player, now the player has to try out. Now I want to see because now I have background now I, and I can do my own assessment and then go from there. But I want to have all the data. And the player ended up not coming to it. So I, I invited them to a practice to see, you know, get a chance to see how they get along with the guys and, you know, assess them myself and put them through different scenarios and then have this interview with them as well. And they just, it wasn't for them. They didn't feel like they needed to try out for a team that they were good enough to make the team. I said, hey, no problem. All the power to you. You know, they were just not the right fit. It is what it is. So these are things that are really, you want to make sure that you do your due diligence to find out everything you can about this player and if you're coaching club this is something that i really really hate saying um, but it's the truth find out the parent slash guardian situation like you want to make sure that that sometimes parents can derail a team too if a parent is toxic and a parent is always talking bad behind the coach's back and talking bad about the team or the or just talking bad in general and it's this negative energy all constantly and players i'm sure you've either been a part of this and seen it or you've experienced it whatever it, that that parent could be it's another problem you have to deal with so and and it's really unfortunate because that should not be the reason why you don't take a kid like i i, I I still probably would still take a kid even if they have like you know a helicopter kind of parent and I would just have to create some ground rules but I've had situations when I used to coach club with bad parents I've been called what was I called condescending um oh my god so funny story I was called condescending because at the at the beginning of the season when I have my parents meeting I make it very clear and you might have heard me say this before I tell the parents listen this is not this is competitive sports. So I want you I want to explain the difference and expectations of this team. If you want your son to play, if you want them to get guaranteed playtime, then this team is not for you. And I'm and I, I say I want to explain why. House league, okay? House league is a league where you pay to play. You pay your fee, you go and you play, and everyone gets equal playing time and you do great. And you and you, you play competitive sports rep sports you're you are not paying to play and they're like what are you talking about you are paying for the gear you are paying for the practices you're paying for the coaching and you're paying to attend tournaments not to play in tournaments you're paying to attend tournaments with the potential chance of playing but you're not play, you're not paying to play. And when I explain this at parents night, some parents have a hard time with it, and I say, that's okay, this team's not for you. No worries, this team is not for you. And we go our separate ways, and I and that's okay. And then everyone else that stays understands that that's what it is. And at the end of the season, uh, I reiterated this to a parent one this is years ago, and I said, listen, I'm I'm really sorry because I didn't I didn't play their son for an entire weekend. I think I think I got him in one set. And I said, listen, I'm really sorry, but remember, this is not house league. Unfortunately, you know, you, you, this, not everyone gets to play. And I'm like, if, if you would like to guarantee playtime, then house league is there for you. You know, our club offers house league. And he's like, that was the most condescending. Da, 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 da. I was like, hey, you know, you can't please everybody. You can't please everybody, but at the anytime someone mentions playtime or anything like that, which they, they, gen they generally didn't do to me, but if they ever did, I think I had it once. I said, hey, remember remember the parents' meeting? And I have a, obviously a volleyball manual that a coach is all signed and, and parents sign. I said, remember, 
you're not paying to play. And I even give them the scenario in um in the parents meeting. I'm like, so here is a hypothetical, but you have to be prepared to travel to a tournament, drive for a couple hours, and have your child not play. And that is a that is a pill you have to stomach, because you're driving them to be part of a team to support their teammates. That's what they're there for. They're there to be part of a team, and they're they're they could play. But they're not there to guarantee playtime. They're there to be part of a team. And yeah, parents, parents, you know, if you're honest and open up front with them, and if they ever come to you afterwards and say that's not what you signed up for, you can show them the contract. That's actually what you signed up for. Just want to just saying, I because I even throw the hypotheticals in there, and I even give that example, and I'm like, hey, right here, you signed. Here, read this. That's what you said we signed for, and they can't say anything. It's un- it sucks, but it is what it is. All right, so recap really quickly here. We got to define our team identity and culture, and you want to find out what roles you need to fill on your team, and you want to make sure that your player that you're going to take fits your culture. They have to fit your culture. Your culture doesn't fit them. Your identity is not doesn't fit them. They have to fill, find. They have to um, re- reflect your identity. Really important. Self disciplined. You want them to be self disciplined. Okay. Um, because that's going to come crucial when it comes to development. Uh, and then we talked about the four-corner development model. And this is a really cool development model. I, I, I still like use that methodology in my selection process. You have technical and tactical, so the skills. You have physical, so <clears throat> spike touch, you know, vertical jump, etc. You have social and emotional. And then you have psychological and mental. And that's putting the seeing how the player is reacting to tough situations, what happens when they create... When they have, when they get a serving error, what happens when they get a serve receiver error? Like how are they you know how are they treating that, uh, and then the mental again same thing like um, how are they communicating with their teammates things like that. Actually, it was opposite. That one is more like how they communicate with their teammates, how do they manage their emotions things like that. Mental is what happens after they commit an error or the other team goes on a run or they're they're up at, they're faced with um, adversity. Like how do they you know go through that and how do they overcome that? Okay, and then interviewing interviewing everybody make sure you interview all your players you know how my the best question i love is how badly do you want to be on this team and i i can't i can't i'm not lying there are so many players that will give me like seven eight six like can you imagine going going to try you're trying out for a team you imagine you go for it you go to a job interview let's say say you go to a job interview and the the employer says you know how badly do you want this job and you're like uh probably an eight (laughs) Isn't that insane? Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Uh, so yeah, you want to make sure that um, they, they, they're they like 10, 11, 12, 100, whatever, and, not, and nothing lower than 10. And that sh- it should be a fast answer. If they have to think about it, that's a red flag for me, okay? And then again, give them situations, various situations that you think could happen on your team and see their answer, assess their answer, get a chance to feel, you know, oh, that's not going to fit our culture. Because I can tell you, based on talent and skill, I've had a lot of players make it all the way to the end to the interview, and then after the interview, I'm like, nope, not happening. And uh, yeah, so it's a really good thing we had these interviews because I would offer a lot of these guys spots if I didn't get a chance to sit down and get a chance to know them and have them answer tough questions. All right? Okay, so that's um, that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Remember, if you're listening to this before January 4th, or fire 5th, 6th, or 7th, Sign up for that free workshop, all right? Volleyballworkshop.com. 
all right? It's uh, completely free, and we'll get a chance to connect, and I'll walk you through a really cool process to making you a better coach. And um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for me. All right, listen, thank you so much for tuning in. Have yourselves a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I will be seeing you guys again in the new year. Is that what it is? Let's see. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'll be seeing you guys again in the new year. Oh my goodness, January 1st. Isn't that funny? Christmas Day and New Year's Day is the Monday. Um, I should be able to drop an episode next week, Monday. It's New Year's Day, and I'm, which means I have to record it either New Year's Eve or that week, and I'm in Florida. So I will do my best. Okay, I always do my best to record my episodes. Even when I was on my trip to New York over the summer, I still recorded at like midnight. So I'll do my best to record it. So just be aware. But if it's not there, I apologize, but I'll still try my best. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.